We talk of Christ, we rejoice in Christ, we preach of Christ, we prophesy of Christ, and we write according to our prophecies that our children may know to what source they may look for a remission of their sins. This is episode 11, uh, Doctrine and Covenants 23 through 26, Strengthen the Church. We're studying at March 8th through 14th. Just some background um, on what's going on in church history at the time. This is after the church was organized, and some of the, the the goals of the church members were to spread the gospel and to strengthen those who had already united with the church. And during this time, there was a lot of persecution. For example, um, they had gathered together in June, Emma and some members of the Knight family wanted to be baptized. But some enemies of the church tried to disrupt that, by so they had built a dam to make a little pool of water so they could baptize there and some a mob came and tore down the the dam so they couldn't get baptized so they went out and they actually created the dam again and before the persecution persecutioners <laughs> um, knew what was going on they had already baptized but they gathered during the that time while they were um, baptizing so they went back to um, the knight's home, and the mob continued to gather, and they kept trying to like find a quiet place to meet. So they would leave and then go somewhere else, and the mob kept following them and getting more and more riled up. And before they could confirm the people who were baptized, uh, Joseph Smith got arrested for um, causing disruptions of the peace, right? Because he was preaching about the Book of Mormon. And it was causing up uprising. Um, and so through that time, um, Joseph was arrested and let go. And there was a lot of um, persecutions and things happening at that time that were causing some frustrations and some um, anxiety among the members. So let's get started with the... The lesson. Something if you, if your kids don't know much about Emma and her role in the church, you could get out the Doctrine and Covenant stories. In chapter 13 is called Joseph and Emma, and you could watch that, and it will talk about Joseph and Emma and his wife and her her role in the restoration and um, their relationship. The first section I want to discuss is called God Wants Me to Pray and Learn from the Scriptures Every Day. This is from section 23. And in verse 6, it says, You must pray vocally before the world as well as in secret and in your family and among your friends and in all places. So with your kids, talk about the places that Heavenly Father has instructed us to pray and who to pray with. You could have them draw pictures of those places or act it out. You can explain to the children how to pray. This is a really good time, especially for the younger kids, to talk about how prayer works. You know, we teach them the basics of we kneel and we fold our arms and we close our eyes. We bow our head. Um, those are things even my kids who have learned this many times still need to review this. So it's good to go over this. And you can talk about the importance of prayer and why we say our prayers you could sing a song about prayer, like, I pray in faith. Um, and then in section 20, 
6, verse 1, it says, Let your time be devoted to the studying of scriptures. And so talk to the kids about why we study the scriptures. Help them think of ways they can read from the scriptures, even if they are not able to read yet. So some of the things I came up with is to have someone read the scriptures to you or to learn the scripture stories. They could read or look at the pictures in the Doctrine and Covenants stories book or other scriptures. It doesn't always have to be the Doctrine and Covenants or whatever we're studying. They could look at a Book of Mormon picture book or they could look at um, New Testament and learn about Jesus. Any way that they're learning this stories of the scriptures is great. Um, you could also teach them songs about the scripture stories. In the song Search, Ponder, and Pray, it says, I love to read the holy scriptures, and every time I do, I feel the Spirit start to grow within my heart, a testimony that they're true. Search, ponder, and pray are the things that I must do. The Spirit will guide, and deep inside I'll know the scriptures are true. So prayerfully I'll read the scriptures each day my whole life through. I'll come to understand, I'll heed the Lord's command, and live as He would have me do. So the promises that are mentioned in this in this song that the kids hopefully could find are that they'll feel the Spirit and they'll gain a testimony and that um, they'll know that the scriptures are true and hopefully come to understand what the Lord would have them do. I love the simplicity of the children's songs because it teaches basic things that as adults we still need to remember and to have in our hearts. I know that as I have been immersing myself in the scriptures and spending more time reading them and understanding them and spending a lot more time praying about them and pondering what I'm reading to prepare for this podcast, the spirit has been so strong in my life and I have had so many opportunities to be enlightened by the spirit. The spirit has been teaching me and and giving me just a little help sometimes as a mother I need the Spirit to whisper in my ear what to do in certain situations. And it happens more often when I read my scriptures and make it a consistent um, effort in my life to invite the Spirit to be with me. So as I think about this, um, I hope that my children can see the difference that it makes in my life. But even if they don't, you can still bear your testimony that you feel the Spirit when you pray and read the scriptures. The next section says, Jesus wants me to strengthen those around me. This is a section that is in the younger children, the older children, and the individuals and families. So this is really, there's so much good content in this, um, in this topic from these sections. So when the church was organized, there weren't very many members of the church. And the people who were members of the church, the Lord, the Lord revealed, gave revelation to um, several people, telling them to share the gospel and to strengthen one another. So in section 23, it's a series of five revelations given through Joseph Smith. And it was for Oliver Cowdery, Hiram Smith, Samuel Smith, Joseph Smith Sr., and Joseph Knight Sr. And as he, um, the revelation given to all of them, is to build up the church and to to exhort the church. So in it says to ask the children to find every instance of the words exhortation and exhort between Doctrine and Covenants, well, it's Doctrine and Covenants section 23 
and then 3 through 7. And then they could also look in section 25, verse 7, because he gives the same instruction to Emma. So the Lord says that several times, exhortation or exhort. And so then it says, help the kids define what that means. This is for the older kids. Help them define what exhort means. And then how can exhorting someone strengthen them? Let's look up the word exhort. So the definition of exhort is strongly encourage or urge someone to do something. I really like if you kind of break out the Latin, the Latin words in exhort. Um, it means thoroughly encourage. I love that. I love the idea of thoroughly encouraging someone. Can you think of times in your life that you have been encouraged, thoroughly encouraged by members in your family or um, leaders and teachers in the church. Can you think of those people in your life that have been that, that cheerleader for you? Um, as you? As you think about this, why is this important? Why did the Lord ask them to exhort each other and to, to help strengthen each other? How can we do better in the work of strengthening other members of the church? So it says to illustrate this principle, this is an object lesson that you can do with the kids. It says, give one child a task that requires many helpers. So see if they can do it by themselves. Then you ask other children to help. Discuss how much easier the task became when they had the helpers. And so that can open up a discussion as to why it's important to help each other and to support each other in the church. And then in the Individuals and Families Manual, the question that it leads, leaves at the end of this section, it says, what do you feel the Lord wants you to do? To participate in this effort. I think that's an important question to think about. To pray about. And to really take into our heart. If you ask the Lord what he wants you to do. He's going to give you an answer. And maybe he already has. And that is your answer. So often I, I will pray. And ask for direction. And and often the answer comes. That I've already gotten my answer. And I have to think about it and think about other times in my life that the Lord has answered my prayers. But I've been thinking about this. How can I do more to participate in what the Lord wants me to do? A lot of it right now is being in primary. I work in primary and I have for a very long time. And there's times that I get frustrated that I've been in primary. Like the whole time we've lived in this ward because... I feel like I don't get to know as many people when I'm in primary. And when you're a new member in a ward, that's hard to feel like you don't know people as well. Um, I am not new anymore, but I was put in primary almost as soon as we moved into the ward. And so I felt a little disconnected from a lot of people in the ward because I didn't spend time in Relief Society. And the only people I associated with were children. And I didn't really get a chance to meet their parents and things for a while. But... When I put that aside and I thought about why is the Lord wanting me in primary right now? It is a blessing for me because I love working with the kids and I love bearing my testimony to them. But feeling a little separate from the rest of the ward was hard for a long time. But that's how we learn, right? That kind of will get, we can get into that um, in the next section because we'll talk about patience. Um, so... Something else that it says is to talk about experiences when you were strengthened by the service of a fellow church member. So to put that in kid terms, 
when has somebody at church or in the ward helped you? So I was thinking about this. There's so many people that have strengthened me and blessed my life over the years. Um, I have um, a primary teacher. Whenever I think about my primary teachers, it's always the same one that comes to mind. And I remember that she came to our house before the new year and came and introduced herself and told me that she was going to be my new primary teacher and brought me a little treat. And I was so excited to go to primary the next Sunday because I knew who my teacher was and it was a big deal because she went out of her way to come to my house and to be there and to introduce herself to me. And then throughout the year, she invited us over to her home for multiple little primary parties and um, she would bring us treats at home and, and she was truly a minister to us as young children. And I look back on that. I was, um, I was pretty young at the time. I was probably, probably eight when she was my primary teacher, but she made a huge impact on my life and I'm grateful for her. I think about a lot of my young women leaders over the years and how much they loved us and, and showed their love for us. Um, One of the most important young women leaders to me recently passed away from cancer. and But she always made me feel so loved. And I felt so inspired by her example and her love for us as, as young women. And um, I'm grateful for her always giving us support and telling us that we could do it and that we could do hard things. I remember I was in activity days back <laughs> back when it was achievement days and it was very first started. I was eight years old when they started the program of achievement days. I think before that it was Mary Miss or something, but then they changed it to activity or achievement days and they, they incorporated some new goals and, and things we could do. And I remember being so excited because they had our primary teachers um, as our leader. So I was so excited to go to that primary teacher's house and, and to learn from her and, and to do things in, with her. It's a big deal when people go out of their way to, to love these kids. Um, but it's also an important thing to do as adults. And your example of doing this with your kids is going to speak louder than us just telling the kids to support each other and to do service. So maybe something you could do for family home evening is to think of someone who needs a little support, a little strength, a little exhortation, some thorough encouragement to know that they're loved and encourage them to come to church or encourage them to feel loved and, and to feel like they're part of the community that we have at church. The next section is the Savior can lift me up out of my afflictions. This was so beautiful. I loved all the things that was talked about in this, this section because we were talking about the trials that Joseph Smith went through. And if you want to review some of that stuff with the kids, you can read in Doctrine and Covenant Stories, chapter 11. It will tell, it tells some of the afflictions and challenges that Joseph Smith was going through at the time. So the mobs and the arrests and the threats. And, um, it was a little bit scary. I'm sure to be part of the church at this time would have been hard. I don't blame the people who fell away from the church at all because I they had to have such strong faith and commitment to even um, to be part of it 
because it was, I'm sure, very scary to be part of it at the time. So, you can list the afflictions that Joseph went through or just talk about them and review them with the kids. And then talk to them about what the Lord told Joseph Smith about his afflictions. And so that's in section 24. And I'm going to read verses 1 and verse 8. Behold, though thou wast called and chosen to write the Book of Mormon and to my ministry, and I have lifted thee up out of thine afflictions and have counseled thee, and thou hast been delivered from all thine enemies, and thou hast been delivered from the powers of Satan and from darkness. Be patient in afflictions, for thou shalt have many, but endure them, for lo, I am with thee even until unto the end of thy days. This especially knowing what Joseph was going through. And if you read saints and, and kind of know some of the background, when he was arrested, he was taken, the uh, mob was going to try to nab him <laughs> when the sheriff came and arrested him. They were going to try to um, probably tar and feather him or something once the sheriff brought him out of the house. But the sheriff, once he met Joseph, saw that he he, he decided to protect him. And so the sheriff took Joseph and he took him um, to a hotel for the night. And the sheriff slept against the door with a gun in his hands so that nobody could come in. Um, so he protected Joseph. And then he was acquitted and then rearrested and taken again and um, rearrested again or acquitted again. But through all of that, the sheriff protected him and apologized to him for what was happening. And you read these. This, these verses, when it says that the Lord has I have lifted thee up out of thine afflictions, and then it says, thou hast been delivered from the powers of Satan and from darkness. I'm sure Joseph felt that. There was definite darkness, and Satan was definitely um, in the hearts of these people who were stirring up the anger against the saints. And Joseph was delivered from that, and that was through the power of God. I also really like that it says, be patient in afflictions for thou shalt have many. How hard is that to hear? <laughs> but knowing that the Lord is going to be with him, that is, that is going to um, help him endure what he needs to over the next several years. So the question that is brought up says, how can we seek the Savior's help when we're having a difficult time? So I want you to think about that. How do you seek the Lord's help when you're going through something hard? I know I pray more. Um, I usually go to the temple more, but that's not an option right now. But when I'm going through something that's difficult, I try to do what I can to be close to the Spirit. So maybe think about that and think about to the, with the kids. What are some afflictions that kids go through? I mean, if we're talking about everyday kids... They go through school being hard. Um, the stress of a new school year is sometimes frightening to them. Um, there's often challenges with friends. Um, you could also get into some of the, the trials that happen to some people, but not others, luckily. Um, sickness and illness especially long-term illness. I've known so many young children who have endured way more than I ever have, and they are so little um, between cancer and, and other illnesses. Um, 
those who have lost a spouse when they're very young, not a spouse, those who have lost a parent when they're very young, um, those are all hard things that kids have to go through. And teaching them to turn to their Heavenly Father and to Jesus Christ when they're going through something that's hard is going to give them a lot of strength through their life. It says, teach the children that sometimes we need to be patient in our afflictions. You can show the video, Continue in Patience, by Elder Uchtdorf. It's a one-minute clip. It's less than one minute. It's like 54 seconds. And it's so good. I watched it like three times because I was trying to take notes because <laughs> it was so good. So um, I'm, I'll talk about that um, with this question. It says, why does the Lord sometimes require us to have patience during challenging times in our lives? Um, so Elder Uchtdorf, some of the things that he's brought up, it's a, he said it teaches us faith. He also said that Patience is a process of perfection. In patience, you win mastery of your souls. I love that. Um, this is this is how we are overcoming the natural man. This is part of that process, and it says in waiting, you we grow the most. So, something you can do with the kids to help them understand this, you could talk about things that they really, really want, but they have to wait for. If I asked this to my kids, they'd probably say like Christmas <laughs> or their birthday, because that's something that they're really excited about, but they have to wait for it. And you could talk about, well, would it be fun if we didn't have to wait for it? If every day could be Christmas, if every, you know, and you could talk about how, because we wait for things, it's more important and it's more meaningful to us. Um, but also that that's part of what our purpose on earth is we are meant to um, to gain these attributes to become like our Heavenly Father. And the these Christ-like attributes, and one of them is patience. And so as we put our faith in the Lord and we wait on Him, we're going to grow and develop. How does He let us know that He is with us during our afflictions? So some of the things I thought of is when the Spirit is with me. I know when I feel the Spirit, the Heavenly Father is aware of me. And He is with me even though I'm going through something hard. Often He'll send someone to bless my life at a time that I need them. And I appreciate that. And when I pray, um, often I feel so close to Him when I am praying, especially when I'm so earnest in my my need for um, that connection and I know that the Lord will lift us up and, and guide us through our afflictions I don't have a lot of experiences in my life of really intense trials but I've had a few um, things through my life that have been been hard and that I've had to be patient through and I've had to um turn to the Lord to to endure it. I think it's easy to turn to the Lord when we're, you know, going through really big hard trials. But I think that it's the little things and that continual habit of turning to him time after time um when we're having a bad day or um we're just one little thing is it's hard for us. 
Um, I was talking about sometimes our callings are things that we have to be patient in. And I know the Lord can can lift us and, and carry us through things like that that are hard for us. And if we go forward with faith in the Lord and we're doing our best, he's going to help us and, and carry us through. All right, so I love this section. It's called Jesus Loves the Song of the Heart. This is in the younger children's section, and I really enjoyed learning about this and, and seeing the, the ideas that it talks about in here. So the Lord asked Emma to compile a collection of hymns. So Emma, with the help of, um, I think it's William Phelps, um, who wrote some of the hymns. Let me look it up and make sure I'm getting that right. All right, so with the help of William W. Phelps, she created the first hymnal for the church. And so in this um, section, it's to ha- it talks about how to teach your kids about music. So the verse that it asks us to read, hymn 72, Praise to the Lord the Almighty. It says, Praise to the Lord the Almighty, the King of creation. O my soul, praise him, for he is thy health and salvation. Join the great throng, psaltery organ and song, sounding in glad adoration. Praise to the Lord over all things he gloriously reigneth. Born as on eagle wings, safely his saints he sustaineth. Hast thou not seen how all thou needest hath been granted in what he ordaineth? Praise to the Lord who doth prosper thy way and defend thee. Surely his goodness and mercy shall ever attend thee. Ponder anew what the Almighty can do who with his love doth befriend thee. Praise to the Lord. O let all that is in me adore him. All that hath breath, join with Abraham's seed to adore him. Let let the amen sum all our praises again, now as we worship before him. If you've ever heard this song by a choir, it's so powerful and it's so beautiful. And every time I hear it, I just am so... Filled with gratitude for my Heavenly Father and all that He's done for me. And I um, was grateful that I was able to be in a choir that sang this once. And um, it was so powerful. And I was grateful to to sing this prayer to my Heavenly Father. To thank Him for all that He's done for me in my life. Alright, I wanted to share some um, kids. The lesson suggests that we ask the kids what their favorite primary songs or hymns are. So I'd like to share some of those. It's section 25, verse 12. It says, For my soul delighteth in the song of the heart. Yea, the song of the righteous is a prayer unto me, and it shall be answered with a blessing upon their heads. I love that. Um, This has always been one of my favorite scriptures. And I think about that often when I am feeling touched and moved by music. And as my soul connects to songs about the Savior and songs that help me feel the Spirit, I think about that. This is a prayer in my heart as I'm really internalizing these words or as I sing these words. I, it is a prayer and um, it's, it is a, will be answered with a blessing upon our heads. So we can talk to the kids about that and 
It says, imagine how Heavenly Father and Jesus feel when they hear us singing these songs. So, um, you could teach your so- your kids songs about singing, such as lift up your voice and sing. Or they could learn a song about Jesus, such as he sent his son. One of the songs that I, I looked up a few songs about singing, and I found one that I really, really liked. It's called Hosanna, and it's um, number 66. It says, Hosanna, let our voices ring with praises to our heavenly king. Let every living creature sing to him who life did bring. Hosanna, Hosanna, all hail triumphant king. Um, I want to share with you my very favorite hymn. It is... Music makes me happy. What kind of music makes you happy? Uh, um, good music that's from the church. <laughs> like what? Um, all of them. All of the church songs are your favorite ones? Yeah, because then I feel really good inside of me. Which one's your very favorite? Oh. Weston's favorite. Weston's favorite is one that you like? Which one yeah. is Weston like? Weston, what's your favorite primary song? Miracle. That's my favorite. Can you sing it for me? <laughs> Weston, you sing it. What is that song about? Can you tell me what the song's about? Jesus and kids. Yeah, did Jesus do things for kids? Yeah. What did he do for us? Make them happy. Yeah, Jesus is trying to help us be happy, huh? <laughs> Does he love you? Yes. Do you feel what, that Jesus loves you when you sing that song? Yeah. What's your favorite primary song? Jesus helps me. Jesus ha- Jesus wants me for a son. My favorite song is... Miracles. My favorite song is Sunbeam. What is Landon? What is your favorite primary song? Um, Show God. That's a good one. Ethan, what's your favorite primary song? What primary song? You know the songs you sing at church. Primary. Can you think of a song about Jesus? Do you like songs about Jesus? Is that your favorite? That's a good one. That's William's favorite too. My favorite primary song is The Miracle because it talks about all the miracles Jesus performed while he was on the earth. Nephi's Courage. I love my sacred rose. My favorite song is Gethsemane because it says Jesus loves me. All right. Isn't that fun to hear little voices? (laughs) All right. The next section is I can prepare to make sacred covenants. I can cleave unto the covenants I have made. The first part of this is I can prepare to make sacred covenants, which is for the younger kids. And then for the older kids and us as adults, I can cleave unto the covenants I have made. So it says, how can you help them see how precious our covenants are? Did you watch 
the Friend to Friend broadcast. I loved the conversation that the kids had with Elder Suarez. Um, it was it was beautiful when he talked about the importance of his covenants and choosing the right and keeping the commandments and his story about um, being honest. It was really, really well done. And I loved that he talked about that and made that connection between um, choosing the right and keeping our covenants. So in Doctrine and Covenants section 25, verse 13, it says, Wherefore, lift up thy heart and rejoice and cleave unto the covenants which thou hast made. So you could talk about what the word cleave means. Um, this was to Emma. Um, so cleave in this verse means to hold tightly to something. And one of the things you can do, there's a couple different ideas in the manual. It's, one of them is to pass something solid like a rock or an iron rod around the room and invite them to hold the object as tightly as they can. And you could talk about how that is cleaving, right? And then another thing you could do is pass around objects that are firmly fastened together and let the children try to tear them apart. Why is the word cleave a good word to describe how we should how we should feel about our covenants? So it's unmovable, right? It's holding strong and, and not not coming coming apart. So that is the the point that they're trying to make with those is is how tight things are connected. And if we think about that and how tightly we hold to our covenants, it's going to keep us safe. I like going back to learning about the um, the tree of life vision and the people who, you know, came to the tree. You learn about the people who kind of, they held on to the rod and they got there, but they fell away. Um, but the people who, who stayed were the people who were continually... Uh, let's see. Let me look it up. All right. So if we're going to talk about the multitude and the those who came and, and stayed, he said, um, this is verse 30 of First Nephi 8. He said, he saw other multitudes pressing forward and they came and caught hold on the end of the rod of iron. And they did press their way forward, continually holding fast to the rod of iron until they came forth and fell down and partook of the fruit of the tree. I love that as they talk about the the importance of continually holding fast. It's it's continual. You must do it all the time and you don't let go. You can put cleave in there. It's the same the same imagery that we should have in our head of how tightly we should hold on to these things. So why is that so important? Why is it so important to hold on to these things so tight? Why should we never let go or never give up on our covenants? So it also says that we could talk about some things we know about Emma. You could, again, go back to Doctor and Covenant stories and, and read that ch chapter about Joseph and Emma. Or there's um, things on the website, um, some ch church videos that can help kind of see what was going on at the time. So you can help the kids understand why things were hard and um, one of the other things that the Lord said to Emma, let me go back because I need to find it again. In verse 10, he says, And verily I say unto thee, that thou shalt lay aside the things of this world and seek for the things of a better. 
I think that would have been really hard because the world around them was so full of hate and so tumultuous and things were really, really hard for Joseph and Emma. Emma lost lots of babies and her health was impacted by that. Her husband was arrested so many times and eventually killed and how hard would this have been for her? But the Lord's telling her to cleave unto her covenants and to not let go. To never give up. I like that um, that phrasing, to, to never give up on her covenants. So um, it also says that we could give each child a verse or two from section 25. This is probably more for the older kids. It says, invite them to share how the Lord's counsel and assignments might have helped Emma cleave unto the covenant she had made. So I went through verse 25 or section 25. This is a section that President Nelson encouraged the women to study. And so I've read it multiple times since then and and thought about it and reading it again with um with this thought in mind of how how the things the Lord's telling her to do will help her cleave into her covenants has helped me better understand this section and has made me find things that I can do better as a mother and things as a wife and um, just a woman in the church. But I think it's also important to, to just see a pattern of living here. And hopefully this is, these are things we can teach our children and help them gain from this section. So the things that I gained from this, it says, it, it tells her to be faithful, to walk in paths of virtue, to don't to not murmur, to comfort Joseph, and to use consoling words with a spirit of meekness. I definitely can do that better. <laughs> as a wife and as a mother, I'm not very good with consoling words <laughs> with my kids. I could do so much better. Um, it says it instructed her to help with translation. I think for me that is something I could apply to myself is to... Um, work hard in the the calling that I've been given. Um, It tells her to expound the scriptures, to exhort the church according to the spirit, write and learn much, lay aside the things of the world and seek for a better, make a selection of hymns, rejoice, cleave unto covenants, have a spirit of meekness, beware of pride, delight in in her husband and the glory that shall fall upon him, and to keep the commandments. I love all of these. There's so many things that I can gain from this. I can do better with being more meek and humble. I like to the idea of making a selection of hymns with this. We can just surround ourselves with good music, um, learning a lot and trying to understand the scriptures and teach from them and to use the spirit to help us know who and when to to share our testimonies um so it says how can we follow her example um i think i kind of summarized some of my ideas on that but maybe think about how you can apply that to the kids how can the kids follow her example in the activity page this week there is it's a crown with a temple a baptism and the sacrament and like the jewels on the crown it's really cool and so, um, the, the verse that 
um, helps us understand what like the crown is, is verse 15. It says, keep my commandments continually and a crown of righteousness thou shalt receive. And except thou do this where I am, you cannot come. So you can talk about how a crown of righteousness represents the begin the blessing of returning to live with our heavenly father, who is our heavenly king. And I love the analogy of the crown. I think the little girls especially will really embrace the idea of being a daughter of a king. And we can receive our crown when we live um, righteously. And so the idea that we, um, we can receive our crown when we cleave unto our covenants and keep our commandments and we, we make those covenants when we are baptized. We make them in the temple and we make them when we partake of the sacrament. And that's why those pictures are on there to remind us to stay true to what we've promised. And to teach the kids that those are what we're working towards. The kids who are not yet baptized. But all of the kids can look towards the temple and see what we're shooting for and what we hope to become someday. I know that that is our purpose here on earth, is to return to our Heavenly Father. And this is the way. This is how we can do it. The Lord has given us the, the instruction manual of how to return to Him. And I know that as mothers, that is our calling, is to teach our children and help them understand that this is how we can return to our Heavenly Father. I hope you are continually teaching your kids about Jesus Christ and how much He loves them. I hope you enjoy learning about Emma, and you can connect with her and appreciate her. She's a great example, and I will forever be grateful for her and her sacrifice to help bring forth this work. I will talk to you guys next week. Mm-hmm.